Your cardiovascular system contains your heart and your blood vessels. It's a critical part of every one of us. Start taking better care of it with Bergamot Complete. Bergamot Complete may help support cardiovascular health, healthy cholesterol levels, including HDL, LDL, and triglycerides, balancing blood sugar levels, and even promote healthy weight loss combined with a healthy diet and exercise. Keep your cardiovascular system at its peak and give your heart the love it deserves with Bergamot Complete. It's just a heartbeat away. 844-376-0007 or visit primroseleaf.com today. Lauren Janai is the co-founder of the multi-million dollar CrossFit Enterprise, which continues to pioneer the health and wellness industry. Now a female powerhouse, the story of how she fell in love with fitness is both inspiring and all too relatable. Growing up, Lauren always thought of herself as unathletic, but in her late 20s, she would be at her local gym every day by 5 a.m., creating a consistent habit. Walking on the treadmill, cycling, and lifting a few weights were her routine, but not all workouts are made equal. However, and for her all her early mornings, Lauren had yet to witness any results. Sound familiar to you? Well, when her ex-husband <laughs> Well, when her ex-husband Greg Glassman, the other co-founder of CrossFit, came to town as an innovative personal trainer, here's where Lauren's passion was sparked. Her training sessions with his training sessions with Lauren became the predecessor for what we now know as CrossFit the high-intensity mixed training that is found everywhere in CrossFit gyms throughout the nation. Finally, Lauren found a workout that made her body feel awake and alive. And all of Lauren's endeavors have been with one idea in mind, give people the resources and opportunity to be self-reliant. After all, her story followed a similar path, and now she is a model businesswoman, fitness expert, and mother of four. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome fitness extraordinaire and the co-founder of the global phenomenon CrossFit, Lauren Janai. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, what are some great ways to get people motivated to be fit? Mm, that is probably the essential question. Um, without the, the correct motivation, it's never going to happen. And I think... Um, for a lot of people being honest and real about what they want and not maybe what somebody else expects them to be or have for their health and fitness. Um, people need to, it has to be truly intrinsic in them that they want this. It has to be something that they want. And so I think it's important for folks to just really dig deep and figure out what that is and lock onto it as a beacon that they are going to achieve at all costs. And once you kind of tie those dots, those, those pieces together, then it's just tiny baby steps along the way. Well, what motivated you? Um, different things throughout my life, honestly. And I, I think that's another key point is goals change. Expectations for ourselves change over a lifetime. And, um, you know, initially, I was, I was always a um, kind of fat kid. Like, like you said earlier, I was not athletic at all. Um, and just didn't really think that was possible for me for some reason, just the way I was brought up. Um, and I, you know, I, I think initially was motivated by, I didn't want to be fat <laughs> and I wanted to feel comfortable in my skin and I wanted to be physically capable to, you know, be a human a successful human <laughs> in life. So, and physical fitness is key to that. 
Well, then, you know, you and I know you've talked to thousands of people across this nation and, and, and as big as CrossFit has become, it's even part of people's conversations. And mm-hmm. but for you, you know, with all of the people that you have worked with and talked to, why do people struggle with just starting a fitness program? Um, again, you're hitting such great points here. Um, getting started is the hardest part. And I believe that it's because it's it's hard for people to really break down the process and accept that um, it's going to take time. And it's and it's the little steps, the little wins, the little progresses that matter. And the thing with changing your health or fitness, it's it's never going to happen overnight. We are a quick fix. Uh, uh, community, people who want things done. So if you, and also if you understand human behavior, um, if you don't see the results right away, it's hard to tie what you did to the ultimate result. And so it's, it's overwhelming for a lot of people to get start, even get started. And that's something that I, I started struggling with a lot as I got older in life is, you know, even everything I know and and my expertise and my experience, sometimes for me, it's hard to get started back into a, a routine, the fitness, health and fitness routine. And um, but I think that the key thing, again, is to have that strong desire and goal and understand you really have to cherish the baby steps showing up. That's the biggest thing. Getting started is easy as showing up, whatever that means, whether it's going to a gym, um, starting a new class, fitness class, or picking up some dumbbells at your house. If you did more today than you did yesterday, you really have to celebrate those little things and understand that that where you want to be is going to take time. And that consistency is going to be the thing that gets you there. So if you can, you know, kind of break down like, okay, you're not going to be perfectly fit in three months, but you're gonna be a lot better in three months than you are today. And that's, you know, that's what you have to lock onto. Well, when you started your fit, well, for you, when you started your fitness routine, how far into it did you realize that nutrition played a big role in fitness? Oh, honestly, initially that it's, this is another great conversation. I probably got more motivated, um, by, because of nutrition, than I did exercise in the beginning, because that is a way for you to have some instant feedback. Um, I had I had um, grown up vegetarian, and through my like in the eighties and early nineties, you know the trends in in health in terms of nutrition were low fat. That's how you cut the fat out of your diet, and so I had 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 some success doing that. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, this is what works because, you know, I did something different than my diet and I lost some weight. You know, I, I know over now that there's so many things uh, at play there, but I think that, and this is something my ex-husband and I um, talked about a lot. Like if you had to pick one, nutrition or fitness, what's more important? And I, I he always went to the fitness and I always went to the nutrition. I agree with and you. I mean, I don't, and I don't, I'm not hundred percent saying that's right. I just know that you can make some really outstanding changes to your health and fitness actually just through what you put in your body. That's right. 
That's right. Well, I know we have a very big problem in this country with body uh, dysmorphia. How does that play yes. a role in fitness? Wow. It, I mean, I think it plays a role in society and life, um, you know, because I grew up and I'll just relate this to me because it's probably relatable to a lot of people. You know, I grew up with poor body image um, as a child and that's hard to combat. And, you know, I found, I found myself in, in places where after I had two, my two girls and then I had twin babies, um, I had, it was a very hard pregnancy and I lost a lot of weight after, I, I mean, I, I generally run around 145, 150 pounds. I was like 116 pounds and didn't realize that I was skinny. You know, I would go to stores and people would bring me clothes that were like extra smalls. And I'm like, no, I'm a medium. They're like, are, are you okay? <laughs> and, and it was like, I mean, that's, it, it hit me. There's like, wow, body dysmorphia is a real thing. And um, yeah, I think, I think we're influenced by advertisement, entertainment industry, you know, to be this perfect, you know, have this perfect physique. And when we look at ourselves naked in the mirror at home, none of us have that, you know, most people don't. Um, and it's discouraging because you want something that's almost unattainable. There are three common forms of hair loss in women. No matter what type you have, they aren't something you should have to suffer with. Hair Active from Primrose Leaf helps slow down hair loss and provides your hair and your scalp with proper nutrition. Join the thousands of people who are back to combing and brushing their hair again. Hair Active strengthens hair, improves texture, and increases fullness. Call Primrose Leaf today, 844-376-0007. That's 844-376-0007. Or visit us at primroseleaf.com. For you, uh, when you're talking, especially to you're talking to women, how damaging is Instagram to a, a person mentally? So here's how I feel about that. I think the entertainment industry glorifying beautiful bodies uh, is great. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I think the problem comes when, you know, we teach our children in, that that's important. Like I, the one thing I really, one of the things my mom really instilled in me is like, it's not important. You know, how you look isn't important. And, and maybe to an extreme on the, on the other side, she instilled that on me. But you know, if, if, if Instagram is promoting this or that body image, you know, we should as women in particular have enough self-confidence and knowledge that it, it doesn't affect us negatively. I see it as a form of entertainment, you know, we're going to see, <laughs> We're going to see, you know, that stuff on TV and movies, it's all around us and there's no getting away from it. So it's, I think it's a matter of teaching um, young women um, and reteaching older women that it's entertainment. Yeah. Don't take it seriously and don't compare. So I don't compare yourself to other people is right. one of the other things that I think is so important. Um, I practice uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it's an, it's an amazing process progressing in that sport because it, we're, we're so competitive, especially for me, like coming from CrossFit, it's like I'm a competitive person and always comparing myself to other people, uh, kind of trained to be like that. And, and in jujitsu, you can't. Everybody's in that for a different purpose. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And I, I guess I guess this is true of everything in life and maybe we should all see it, but it taught, jujitsu taught me to just go, 
Don't compare yourself to anybody else. This is your journey. And I think yeah. that goes back to another thing that discourages people in terms of getting started and doing things. They're like, oh, I can never be as good as so-and-so or, oh, this. Don't worry about so-and-so. That's right. That's, it's not your, it's not, their journey is not your journey. Exactly. And, and in and, anything. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. You take small steps and you will see improvement. It, it will come. You know, you don't rush it. And stay consistent, stay faithful to the routine, stay consistent with the nutrition, and you will see the changes. Now, you are known as the co-founder of CrossFit. So what impacts do you think you achieved uh, in your success with CrossFit? Um, in what, in terms of my impact? Yeah. Yeah. What impacts company? do you think you achieved in your success with uh, CrossFit? I think that Greg, my ex-husband, Greg Glassman and I were a very unique combination of, of personalities and skill sets that allowed us to attain a lot of success. Um, he's very much a talkative person and a, a charisma, like you get around Greg and you're going to listen to him. You know, and he's highly intelligent and he had this fitness background, but I, what I brought to the table in that was also practicality and a heart. This, one of the things that other people have told me is like, you, you were the heart of CrossFit in a lot of ways. And what that meant is I, you know, I did, I took something, Greg and I took something that was, we were just two trainers and diligently and uh, ruthlessly, maybe that's the wrong word, um, <laughs> work towards an end, which was to help as many people as possible. And I think that tenacious, I guess I, ruthless was the wrong word, tenacious, the tenacity I have, I'm extremely tenacious. And, you know, I think that it was one of the major contributors to our success is like, we, we might fall down. We might make mistakes in this business and its growth, but we're going to get back up. We're going to go in another direction, slowly, step-by-step, step, organically, um, in a way that helps and embraces as many people as possible. Were you shocked or amazed that of the growth of CrossFit, not only across the country, but even across the globe? So this is a thing that Greg and I laugh about as well, because people ask that question to both of us, um, you know, were you surprised? And he always says she wasn't, <laughs> I, he was surprised. I always knew that I didn't know what it would look like in the beginning. You know, I didn't know what the blossoming CrossFit would be, but I knew it would be huge because I knew the impact that we had on people just, just even in a small scale, like when we were working out of Gold's gym in Santa Cruz, the impact we had on people's lives, those few people was life altering, you know, like over a couple hundred people, you know, in the beginning. And then if you can do that, you can do it again and again. And the, the only barriers there are business models and, you know, promotion and all the other fluff that comes with, with business. If you have a, a formula that works and that helps people, it changes people's lives. It gets them, they're passionate, it creates passion. Um, you can't go wrong unless you quit. 
and that was a thing like I go back to tenacity like Greg and I we both committed that we would never stop doing what we were doing even if we never made money because it was it's that important well what made CrossFit so different because I know when people would do let's say a normal fitness routine they would go to the gym probably lift weights first try to, to main, build and get stronger and then in their workout with some cardio or maybe do yoga before or after what made crossfit so different um there's a lot of answers to that but just the one that jumped in my head um is we it actually was our first crossfit certification seminar um was with a couple people from uh I'm going to forget the details because I'm old, uh, a police department <laughs> in, in Florida. Uh, but it was an older man, highly decorated in the LEO community. And we had put him through several workouts in the course of this seminar. And I think it was at, at dinner or something after. He, and he goes, Greg, Lauren, he has a thick Southern accent. I called my wife and I told her I tasted blood in my mouth for the first time <laughs> since I was in the army or, or whatever in its early days. I think the work and, and honestly, for me, it was like the workouts were so intense and they draw upon like internal fortitude and it's inspiring and engaging. And, and I think, you know, because of the, the combination of high intensity weightlifting and high intensity cardio, it literally is creating endorphins and, you know, a hormonal change that not only helps promote losing body fat and gaining muscle, but also mental health, better mental health. And so I think that, that people felt more alive. Um, just doing a CrossFit workout, you felt more alive and empowered. And, and it then, really pushed people not only to their limit, but for a lot of people to kind of push them beyond what they thought they were capable of, correct? Yeah, and this goes back again to, um, you know, why people have a hard time getting started in fitness programs. Often they don't get results. It's not working for them because they're not doing the right thing for them. CrossFit, you get results. If you do it, you're going to get results. And they're rather quick. For you know, So you see changes. You feel changes right away. And so that's going to make it uh, more addictive in a way. Going back to um, human behaviors, like... Um, yeah, is that the closer you are to that reward, the stimulus and the reward, the more sticky that event will be and the more likely you will to repeat it. Yeah, because like you said, the endorphins, the dopamine, the moment you're done, a lot of people can't wait to do it again the next day. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what, and I what I love about CrossFit is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's a type of work that you don't get bored with. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely key. That's definitely a key element. Like I said, I think there's a lot of aspects that make people so drawn to CrossFit workouts, but it's not boring. <laughs> definitely not that. Now what, now for you, what is your daily workout routine now? So as I got older and have kids, you know, I, I, and honestly, probably some of the emotional baggage that, that I went through with, you know, losing the company and not being a part of it and all of that. The whole idea of working out like that doesn't appeal to me personally. Um, so I practice jujitsu 
and um, I do, I, I've started to enjoy yoga, you know, and, and things that help my body. Jiu-jitsu is pretty hard on your body as a 51 year old woman, but um, you know, yoga and things that kind of, you know, help me maintain, you know, pliability and mobility and ability to do the physical things I need to do on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think the thing with jujitsu that kind of fills a lot of the gaps that CrossFit I don't have because I'm not doing CrossFit is the mental challenges. And it is high intensity and um, very physical. So there's a lot of similarities. It's just, I like feeling like I'm building a skill that's practical in life um, on top of keeping me in shape. Yeah, because like now, uh, jujitsu would be what? Uh, Creating more flexibility more so than CrossFit? Because CrossFit's more for what, muscle building? No, I wouldn't say that. Well, we, you know, uh, CrossFit's definitely a combination of weightlifting, and honestly, weightlifters are some of the most flexible, you know, professional Olympic weightlifters. The flexibility required to do that is outstanding. is is incredible. Um, and, and we mix in gymnastics. You know, you must be flexible to do gymnastics. So, I think there's some misconceptions about CrossFit workouts, but I mean, it's it's a good CrossFit athlete is going to be very flexible. Well, well that's good to know because I know as, as we get older, flexibility is extremely important. So now we're going in to the winter months. What can someone do to maintain fitness if they do not have access to a gym? And are there any simple things they can do at home? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the roots of CrossFit workouts are involve functional movements, movements that mimic real life activity. And so for, you know, some really low barrier to entry kind of exercise, mimicking the functional things we do, like sitting down, standing up, it's a squat, you know, putting things up overhead, overhead presses, picking things up from the ground, deadlifts. You can mimic those, um, or pushing, things away this way, push-ups. You can mimic um, moves you would do in the gym at home easily. And whether you use odd objects, you know, fill up gallons, milk jugs with water or sand and use those, or you invest in some dumbbells. Um, there's, there's a lot of things, installing a pull-up bar at home. Um, I'm a big fan of the mobility bands. You can wrap around the pull-up bars and you can do a lot of um, not, you know, strength building movements as well as mobility movements. So it, with a small budget or just using the stuff you have at the house, you can absolutely incorporate workouts. I mean, I think the challenge there is like, don't let life get in the way and you have to structure your day and time to make it happen. But absolutely, you know, and talk about winter in Portland. It's horrible here. The days are so short. It's, I don't even want to go outside. So. I definitely am a fan of, you know, doing stuff at home <laughs> in the winter. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Now, with all of the focus on fitness in the media, why are two-thirds of adults overweight in this country? Um, misconceptions, misinformation about food, I think would be the biggest um, contributor. You know, we are sold a bill of goods so many times and so much in in how advertisers promote their products you know in the like talking about the low fat 
fad of the 80s and 90s. It was still there, like you box of Cheerios, heart healthy. So if you don't question that, you're likely to get, you know, your doctor might even recommend it if you have high cholesterol or whatever, eat Cheerios, it's heart healthy. Um, and, and honestly, that is one of the biggest contributors to obesity um, is, is this misconception about if a food, this demonization, let's say, of fats and proteins and a glorification of carbohydrates because carbohydrates have a lower caloric, um, they have less calories per mass than fats and proteins. Yeah, so for some reason- Yeah, it's four it, calories oh, per carb versus nine calories yeah, yeah, yeah. per and, fat. And it's, it's not that simple. It's maintaining a healthy weight or body, body mass index. Um, it's not just about reducing or keeping calories under check. There's a whole myriad of other issues. Um, most importantly, the hormonal impact of the food you eat. And that entails eating fats and proteins. And even after, you know, you know, Greg and I in CrossFit and the community has changed the way people see nutrition uh, pretty, uh, you know, you're, you see people eating ketogenic diets and you see, you're hearing other things that are out there. Um, but still the general knowledge is, is, is draw, jaw droppingly surprising to me. Still, I have friends who know me and have been around me and they say, Oh, th it's healthier to eat this fish than that steak. Or, you know, these misconceptions of, Oh, that's gotta be healthier because there's less fat in it. And, um, it, it, and it's so confusing for people because they're, they think they're doing the right thing a lot of the times. Yeah. And, and they're still getting flattered. Oh, exactly. I mean, I taught a health class once and I was stunned by questions afterwards that I thought we were all past uh, and done with. People till this day have no clue what real nutrition is. And I tell people, you're going to go to the grocery store to go buy your food, then stay on the out, outside perimeter. Yeah. yeah. Produce department, meat department, and forget everything inside that aisle unless you're buying toilet paper. Because other than that, you don't need to be eating it because that's where fat, that's where weight gain lives is in the center of a, a supermarket. And those foods are not healthy. I mean, did you ever jump on any type of nutrition bandwagon like keto for example? Oh, so I've, you know, in, in my path in health and fitness, I have experimented with probably every diet there is, you know, just, you know, to be an expert and to be able to guide people, you need to know what you're dealing with. Like I said, I, I was a vegetarian as a child, like, oh, probably by age 11, I was a vegetarian and then I became a vegan. And, um, actually I was vegetarian up until I met Greg and, you know, changed my diet and had these epiphanies of my, you know, where I could go with my health and fitness, um, very much inspired by the nutritional aspect, which was introducing proteins, more animal proteins and fats into my diet. It was, it was a night and day difference for me. Um, and then, you know, the foundations of nutrition, which I think is often underestimated in what CrossFit is, cause it is so based on how you feed your body, how you feed your athlete. Um, and, you know, we did, I spent a lot of time studying um, um, Dr. Sears who wrote The Zone and um, The Eads, like 
oh god his name's the four the forefather of the keto diet atkins atkins, atkins diet. yeah and he did I've, it wrong I'm, well you know there's he did and he didn't um he contributed though to yeah, the pool of knowledge and so i embraced and submerged myself i should say um into the the knowledge base of the nutrition world um i've read everything i've i've experimented with everything and 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 my i think that there's no right and wrong per se it's really about an individual and what their specific goals are um so the ketogenic diet may be perfect for some people and it might be perfectly wrong for other people you know so it really depends you have to understand you have to understand what works and why it works and match that to your health and fitness goals yeah, I, so I completely I think, agree. Yeah. And yeah, I think getting on a bandwagon of a diet is is bad for other reasons. I think it's just it 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 perpetuates this thing that like, oh, I have to deprive myself of something or you know. Yes. And and that's the number one thing about the word diet. If you're going to go on a diet, people don't think about what they can eat, they think about what they can't eat and so now they're on a program that already started off as a mental negative as a, as a failure they're, they're, they're setting themselves up for failure yeah, exactly and this, is, this is the problem again with people gaining weight it's, and it's actually um pretty a severe problem like if you try to do something did we get cut off no okay if you try to do something and fail repeatedly um, it, you end up in this state of um, learned helplessness, it's actually called. And I think a lot of dieters, um, they do diligently do their diets, but they're on diets that don't work for them and they fail. And so not only are you setting yourself up because you're, you're going to be depriving yourself of such and such, but also if you've done this over and over and failed, you it's, it's a horrible experience. It's a horrible mental place to be. And so it doesn't work. And I think we just really need to change the narrative around um, how we eat. I mean, the truth is we're all all, all on a diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? We are. And I always use the, I always try to tell people to make it better. Um, you're not creating a diet. You need to create a lifestyle. And you've said a lot of important things. We need to create a lifestyle that works for us individually. Some people yes. do great being a vegan. Some do great being a vegetarian. Like you said, some people, keto works for them. Some people, the Mediterranean diet, they just need to find something that they can focus on as being a lifestyle and not have it basically stare them down in the face every single day. And I think that's why people fail in their diets because it's in their face when they wake up, it's in their face when they go to bed and they need to be adding exercise in in that area uh, so yeah you have given us some some strong wisdom today lauren and i want to ask you how do we keep the next generation physically fit without creating body issues well i think that it goes to and i think this is actually a really important point um i don't know how to do it but i think if we were able to actually teach the truth about nutrition in schools, or even as parents, um, really instilling in children 
and not telling them what to eat and what not to eat, but letting them know the impact of what they eat and empowering them with that. Like my kids, I've never been one to say you can't have this or you can't have that. Um, my kids, I've also exposed them to wonderful foods, you know, and they gravitate towards the foods that are healthier. I mean, they love their candy and chips and sodas, you know, diet sodas. They don't drink regular sodas, but, um, you know, it, it, and instilling like, this is your choice, your body, um, and not trying to make it be like, it, it's your choice that your body you're going to eat, not you better do this, or you should do this. It's going back to the empower, creating an environment where children are self-empowered to make choices for themselves and feel good about those choices and have fun and be kids and eat junk food when they want to and take the pressure off kids and, and don't have high expectations. You know, I've got four teenagers right now and their bodies go through so much. You know, they gain weight, they lose weight and you know, weird parents could be like, oh, my daughter just, you know, she's getting fat and you make a deal of it or ignore it. And like, she's going to grow out of it. She's growing. Yeah, exactly. I think parents yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. kids, kids need to be kids and, uh, and any type of, you know, go outside and run around. There's more exercise playing out in the yard than there is sitting in front of a video game. So, well, and I, I, yes, encouraging the physical activity. Like that's one thing I, you know, all my kids, um, luckily have love jujitsu you know they all compete in it they love it um helping your kids find what they love to do physically is, is going to be key to to combating you know the problems of obesity and and poor health um with our kids you know i do insist that they participate in physical activity that's one thing i do because like you said if like a lot of kids they will sit in front of the tv or video and that's all they'll do yeah and that's all they will do well what is next for lauren janai well, I mean, I've, like I said, I have four teenagers and I'm a single mom right now. I'm very much focusing on being a mom. I'm homeschooling um, my boys and my girls are on online school. So it's a lot of work, but you know, I, I previously started another company called manifest, um, which basically deals with all these things that we've been talking about, like, you know, how to help people who are struggling with their health and fitness, um, get on track. And, you know, when COVID happened and life got a little bit crazy, I just put all that on a back burner um, because I felt I was spread too thin. But uh, there's going to be more from Manifest, um, probably in a different format and probably in a more of a free form I, where I really want to get people involved in a conversation happening where people can talk uh, about all these struggles and issues and, and we can figure out the best way to help people um, get over that hard first step of getting started and how to stay on track and I how, love to that. how to combat the, the, the problems of obesity, diabetes, heart disease. I mean, it's compatible. We just got to teach right. people how to do it. Yeah, we can, those are, those are areas in which we can work to prevent. And a lot of times we can work to reverse them. And you heard that here, ladies and gentlemen, you know how I am when it comes to heart disease, diabetes, and, and even for those of you that are dealing with uh, obesity or just being overweight, there are things we can do. And Lauren, keep on keeping on shouting the message of fitness and wellness. And uh, how can all of my viewers and listeners uh, connect with you? Um, 
I could be actually probably the best way is through a manifest has a Facebook page. I have a personal Facebook page. Um, that's probably the best way. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the program today. Thank you. It's fun. It is. And ladies and gentlemen, remember nutrition, fitness, be active, stay active. And, and like Lauren said, look, it, it just takes that first step. Some of you, yep. it, it seems scary, but it, it really isn't. And for those of you who've never been to a gym before, hey, get a friend and have you both go together and support one another because there are things that you're going to see change in your body, in your life, even in your mental capacity. You will feel so much better when you start to move. So take it from Lawrence and I, take that first step because Every step that you take, things are going to change and get better. And as for me, I will be right back with more.